Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and thank you for being with us today. You are listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giant today. You can visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com. There you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competition, and our blog as well. Today, our guest is Eva Lynn Loy. Eva Lynn was a winner in our January art competition entitled City Stakes. Eva Lynn is an artist, an expressive art therapist, and a teacher. Since moving to New Hampshire in 2004, her passion for creating arts was joyfully reignited. Her artistic vision often reflects an image with new colors that show the spirit of the subject rather than how it might actually appear. She loves working with color, and before beginning a painting, she will write down her intention. Sometimes she will create a sketch for the painting, yet once the work begins, she does her best to let the painting speak to her and move into its own voice. She does love the organic nature of the process of creating, and her work has appeared in national and regional jury shows, as well as many local exhibits. Well, good morning, Eva Lynn. Thank you for being on An Artist Speaks. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. We're glad to have you. Well, let's start off this morning with having you tell the audience a bit more about yourself. Well, sure. Um, I guess I could start by saying I grew up in a suburb about a half hour from New York City. In addition to being uh, genetically, I think, predisposed to create... Um, my beautiful mother was very creative and introduced me and my siblings to all the arts. I found it really helpful living close to the city uh, where we were introduced to theater and music and dance and museums. And uh, we were also encouraged and supported. I mean, each of our skills were encouraged and supported, uh, which was wonderful. And I was very fortunate to be able to take art and dance classes in my youth and beyond. I guess I could also add, uh, to continue, I, you know, kept doing that right through my, oh, elementary school, high school, and then in my undergraduate years, uh, I had a good liberal arts education, graduated with a BA in English and uh, speech and art from University of Vermont. And because of my love for children and uh, my very practical side, I decided to pursue an MA in teaching elementary school and art at uh, New York University. From there, I got a job as a third-grade teacher for a few years, married, and had two beautiful daughters. While my daughters were growing up, I had a variety of office and teaching and tutoring jobs. Um, during those 
specific child-rearing years, I also continued to make art and was especially attracted to making mandalas uh, for healing purposes. And I'm not sure um, if you or viewer or listeners rather would know mandalas, probably some do, but they're designs made in circles and they're a way to help transform negative energy to positive energy. So I created an adult ed class and taught others to help others through meditation and making their own mandalas. And I also made personal mandalas for others that reflected their characteristics, personality, soul, and spirit by using different colors and designs. So fascinated by using the arts as a means for healing that I returned to I get another graduate uh, degree after 20 years and went for a master's in expressive arts therapy. So uh, that was um, not an easy decision, but turned out to be a wonderful decision. So after I uh, completed my MA in expressive therapies, I went to Wesley University and worked for about a year uh, before I got a full-time job for an amazing woman who was the first woman curator in the lithograph department at uh, the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. The days I spent with her, I drove her to her office, huge office, and was able to spend a good part of the day surrounded by um, and absorbing the, the wonderful art at the museum. She was in her 80s at the time. Her energy and humility and spirit and kindness and intelligence were uh, were great gifts to me. I'd say she was a mentor. From there, I, it was about another year before I landed a full-time job. From 1997 to 2004, I started and implemented a program in expressive arts at an alternative school in Lynn, Massachusetts. And many of these children came from dysfunctional homes and were already diagnosed with depression, or PTSD, bipolar, so plus tough beginnings for them. So the children uh, in the class that I held or the groups that I held, they weren't judged for making the perfect house or tree or thinking that they had to. Um, I think because they had the freedom to express themselves without judgment, a lot of helpful information was revealed in the artwork and uh, healing happened in the process of creating. So um, using the arts to express themselves was extremely important and valuable to them and others who worked who worked for these children. And it was, it was hard to reach them verbally sometimes. So through the arts, it was easier. I did um, have a divorce somewhere in there. <laughs> and in 2001, I, <laughs> I remarried. We moved in 2004 to southern New Hampshire. Um, and shortly afterwards, um, I was re-inspired to create my own art uh, and continue to be. Um, I've been in local, regional, and national shows, and, and uh, fortunately, my, pain, my paintings have been bought, so they're in homes, you know, between the east and west coast, sort of scattered, which is very nice to have happen. 2011, um, I sadly lost my husband. Uh, to a valiant fight against pancreatic cancer. And uh, recently, through a miracle, and this website, glassmates.com, someone that I 
cared for deeply when I was 19 and 22 found me. So we are back together again. I am blessed with two beautiful daughters, four, four wonderful grandchildren, and a little mini schnauzer. <laughs> so I think that uh, brings me up to date. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I do love to paint. It's a wonderful outlet. Eva Lynn, that sounds like a wonderful life. Like most people, there's ups and downs, but I admire and I'm very intrigued with using the art for healing. I I think that is that is awesome, and I'm sure that was very fulfilling for you. It was. It um, you know, anytime there were challenges or joys in my life, I I would turn to. It's a box of crayons and a piece of paper sometimes. And uh, it was very helpful to help ground me and express what was going on at the time. Was there someone, uh, you certainly had mentioned your mother, especially in, your, in the support of your family, but was there any other individuals that have had a great influence on your art? Well, there were. Um I think it's in my genes, um, and I felt that I was uh, being nurtured and encouraged to pursue it. So there are creative genes on both sides of the family. Um, on my dad's side, uh, there was a designer. His, his father, or my grandfather, was a designer of shirtwaist dresses. There were other creative relatives on my dad's side as well. There was a um, who I've never met. But uh, it's written down somewhere in the archives. There was a, a poet laureate, and another was a coat designer. Wow. And on my mom's, yeah, it, it was it was impressive. It was nice to hear these this piece of information. And on my mother's side, there were many artists uh, that worked in different media. Um, my mother's mother, my grandmother, was a hat designer for a fancy hat company on Park Avenue. My mother's aunt was a singer. A cousin of hers was another very fine artist. And uh, my mother, as I mentioned earlier, was a wonderful artist in her own right who worked with many media, painting and metalwork. The irony, too, is I believe my, my dad could have been a very fine writer if he didn't pursue his career in business. Um, so I felt, I felt this in me since I was a little girl and always felt comfortable and excited to work with my hands and create. I, I believe uh, that my mom noticed my natural ability and inclination to do the arts and encouraged me. And there always seemed to be art materials sitting around, whether they were colored pencils or crayons, like I said before, and encouraged to pursue art and dance and music. And... Um, so through the through time, I turned to the arts to you know express myself and and help myself through challenging times, like I mentioned, um, using visual art, dancing, music, writing. Um, so it was a natural inclination that led me to include all of that in teaching, pursue that degree in expressive therapies, and so now I continue to be drawn to the arts to continue to create and express myself and. Sometimes it's uh, my mood or feelings or spirit or what's in my heart or soul or, or a scene or an object uh, that can be seen and expressed more vividly through visual art than with words. 
I often look to the lines or colors or textures or forms or lack of um, truth and interpretation. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but I probably gave you more than you wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does sound like uh, you grew up in a in a household of with art around you all the time, and I, I'm sure that also had a great, as you said, influence on, on your creativity. So that's wonderful. Yes. As it was, I, I have a brother who became an actor. And oh, wow. He's a piano player, and um, and my, my sister is a great writer, a good writer. So, yes, it's, it's there for sure. It's unfortunate. Well, tell the audience about your artistic process, how you get your inspiration and how you then go about transcribing that in inspiration onto the canvas. Well, usually uh, I like to create a series. For, um, for example, presently I had the idea to create a series of perfume bottles, specifically from Italy. The reason being is that my husband was a collector of these bottles. They're quite exquisite. And I thought, you know, in this particular case, it would be uh, in honor of the making of these bottles, which was magnificent, also in honor of him. So... What I'll do is I'll begin by doing a series of sketches. And during the sketch process, I'll also write down my intentions for the painting, like you had mentioned earlier. Like what I, perhaps like what I'd like the painting to convey. For example, um, in this uh, perfume bottle series, I, the words come to mind like alchemy or transformation of sand to glass. Uh, luminescence, beauty, transformation, color, iridescence. And I keep a list close by while I'm painting because sometimes I might forget and get off track. So I have to get back on track by looking at my list. Whatever surface I use, whether it's watercolor, paper, canvas, I like to paint the surface with a, a mother color, which is a, like a mid-range color, like an orange or a magenta or a mix of both. And by doing so, for me, it helps make the surface mine and can add an interesting undercoating that can peek through the paintings in various spots. I might sketch out the idea, like, like I mentioned, on paper, but also on canvas, or just begin to paint. Then I will choose colors. Um, or, and sometimes there's no definite, you know, it's not in black and white, so to speak, but I might choose the colors that come to mind, like a dominant color or focus color or spice color or something like that, uh, that I would like to go into this particular painting or the color that I'd want the object to be. And this could also change as I go along, but at least it helps me get started. And so I begin uh, letting the paint speak to me along the way and keeping my intentions in mind. I might work on the painting for a few hours at a time and take a break. 
I'll like lunch and then return to the painting afterwards for a little while more the next day. Also during the process, I will intentionally turn my back to the painting, step away, and look at it from a distance, and then come back to it. I do that actually several times during the process. But when I'm close up, I, certain things I can't see happening to it unless I'm at a little more of a distance. I think one of the most challenging parts of creating is a painting is just starting and then knowing when to stop. <laughs> uh, I've heard that it's it's best to stop it before you think it's done, and um, and that's tricky too. Like when do you think it's done? It's sort of intuitive. Um, I like to do a series, maybe six or more. Um, this particular series is going to be. It might be as many as uh, eighteen, um, and of the same subject matter. And I find, for me, during the series, is like being in um, a slipstream where each painting inspires and energizes the next and wind up in a place very different from where I started. So I find that process very exciting and interesting to me. For, for now, the most recent painting that I did in this series, I, I started out actually painting with a paintbrush, and then this last painting, which might be left at six one, I've done completely with a palette knife. And I don't know what the next one's going to be. Like I just see what what comes. Um, so I find that I find that very intriguing, and let let it speak to me as I go along, kind of intuitively. Well, that is very interesting. Uh, a very interesting process. Typically, would you? How long does it take you? from start to finish to complete uh, one of your paintings? Well, that's a really good question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think they vary, too, depending on the size. I I don't do very, very large, large paintings, but uh, I would say maybe uh, 9 to 12 hours, depending. It's really hard to pinpoint. Um, sometimes you have like, these happy accidents that happen, and it will happen like boom, boom, and it's like how did that happen? It was done, <laughs> and that could be less than an hour or less than a half hour. That doesn't happen very often, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it it does vary. It really does vary. There was a painting that I did. Um, it took much longer than twelve hours. It had it was. Uh, there were smaller, there were people in it, many people, and uh, it took a long time. The people weren't done specifically. You couldn't see all their features, but it was a huge crowd of people, and that took, I don't know, days, a couple of weeks maybe. Uh-huh. It's more intricate. So it does vary. Typically, what size paintings do you normally create? Well, they can go anywhere from smaller, which would be like a five by seven, but I don't do those very often at all. But I'd say eight by ten, twelve by twelve. Uh, I like doing the square, fourteen by fourteen, uh, twenty by twenty, sometimes sixteen by twenty. 
18 by 22. The, the biggest one I've done, I mean, and that's not too large, is a 24 by 30. Now, do you usually stay with one painting from start to finish, or do you, you have multiple paintings in different stages as you're working? I can't say there's anything too usual about or consistent about how I I process there. Um, but I have I have started a few paintings at the same time. Often, I think mostly I do stick with one at a time. And on average, uh, how, how many hours a day do you spend on your painting? Well, I might do a few hours. Three hours and then a break. Three to four and then a break. Because mm-hmm. I feel like my eyes are getting a little blurry at that point. I just need to step away from it. Mm-hmm. And I might pause, you know, for some lunch, if I remember to have lunch. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> usually my stomach tells me it's time for lunch. <laughs> and then I'll go back and work on it for a little bit more maybe another hour or two. I find that I start I start maybe around 10 in the morning, 9.30, 10, take a break, and then come back, and I probably will stop for the day, usually around 4, and then return again. And then there are times where I might just go up and work on it for an hour. But I think when I begin a painting... That's usually what I do. I'm up in the studio for three to four hours, take a break, and then come back again. Well, even then, uh, I think this is a good spot for us to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about art that you submitted in the January art competition. That sounds great. Thank you. I want to let everyone know that you can view and purchase Evelyn Loy's artwork by going to contemporaryartgalleryonline.com, click on the Artist tab, and then on Eva Lynn Roy's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants today. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, please visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and click on the Membership tab and follow the prompts. If you're a designer, architect or volume purchaser, again, please visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and complete the volume purchaser's request form. And again, to view Eva Lynn's stunning artwork, to re-listen to this interview, and of course, purchase some of Eva Lynn's art, please click on the Artist tab and then on Eva Lynn Roy's name. Well, the January art competition was Cityscape, and your piece that was one of the winning pieces was called Spring in the City. Tell the audience about that art piece, please. Sure. Um, Spring in the City came after doing a beginning a series, I should say, on uh, cityscapes. They were all done using a palette knife. And I thought that uh, after I finished the one before, in the city, that I would like to show a different season. The reason why I chose Cityscapes is I, I lived, as I mentioned earlier, I used to live close to the city, in New York City, and love going in there. 
and also love coming back home, but um, where it's a little quieter. But I was inspired by the city because my children live near the city now, and one of them lives in, inside uh, New York City and would visit quite a bit and was inspired by my visits down there uh, in the last maybe 10 years or so. So um, I thought I'd like to do this series, and spring spring in the city came on the heels of uh, the one before, which I think is called City Rhythms. Um, Yes, and uh, I just love springtime. I think it's my favorite time of year, and I think of the city, other people think of the city, it's harsh and geometric and uh, cold and kind of austere and... um, a lot of buildings, and I thought I'd like to create a painting that doesn't um, uh, share those images and do mm-hmm. my version of what Spring in the City feels like to me. And that's how it came about. Uh, I chose certain colors uh, that feel spring-like to me and wanted the buildings to you know, project those colors and have the city uh, feel like spring. And that's that's really how it began. In both those paintings, I really enjoyed and found interesting the color combinations you used. Mm, thank you. The city rhythms, to me, I mean, we're not talking about city rhythms, but it was the one that came before. I chose those colors because... Uh, when I think of um, uh, music, I think of the blues and the reds and the oranges and um, yellows, you know, vibrant vibrant, vibrant colors for um, rhythm, drums, um, clarinet, saxophone, somehow try to convey the rhythms of the city through the different colors as I did, as I wanted to do and tried to do for Spring in the City. Well, they are very interesting, and we just found them quite enthralling just to be sitting and looking at these pieces because they jump at you and a lot of texture in these pieces. Yes, and um, thank you. Thank you. I, I like hearing your response. Using a palette knife uh, can also be very exciting because it does you can create these textures with a palette knife. And it's fun to do. You seem, I seem to use a lot more paint. <laughs> but, <it's>, uh, <laughs> but I enjoy it a lot. And I feel like I can get a little more physical using the palette knife and uh, put in a little more oomph to it um, than, a, than a brush at times. And then the third piece you heard was called Beckoning. Yes, I did. I forgot about that one. That one came, too. I I wasn't sure how that was going to manifest. Uh, there's the shore of the city seems further away. I think it came at a time when I was back home in New Hampshire, and I just left my family in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, it came out as an expression of uh, probably wanting to spend more time with them and feeling like I was too far away. And so there is an image 
in there a person with their arms outstretched, mm-hmm. uh, trying to beckoning the city closer or the or the person closer to the city, and that's how that came about. And I didn't even really see the image of the person until I was done with the background of the the parts of the city there. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it was meant to be. I I felt that. Yeah, there's always uh, it's always bittersweet to leave family behind mm-hmm. after a nice visit, and so that's how that one came about. Well, all of your art that you have on the gallery is, is very interesting, and and I just encourage the listeners that when you have a second, uh, go to Contemporary Art Gallery online and take a look at some of Eva Lynn's work. Uh, it's just wonderful art, and uh, the art talks to you, and that's not always something you can say about about art. But this art does talk to you. Thank you. Eva Lynn, is there an artist that inspires you, another artist that has been inspirational to you? Well, I I have several, and it's tough to think of uh, just one. You know, there are many. Um, and the ones that came to mind or come to mind are um, quickly or Kandinsky or Paul Klee or all the expressionists like Monet and Manet and Rubens. I mean, they're all magnificent. I love uh, Alexander Calder's work, his sculpture work. I love the whimsy of it. And Roscoe, um, I love Romari Bearden's work that he did. Somebody, um, Alex Katz, Mark Chabelle, Hopper, Edward Hopper. This is Michelangelo. <laughs> I <laughs> him. <laughs> I him. I remember him. Yeah. Better than yeah. him. <laughs> um, there is an artist, um, Wolf Khan, who's fantastic. He's from Vermont, but he's in his 80s now. Um, I also enjoyed people like... Um, I think his name was Michelle Biscayet. He, he didn't have a very long life, but a lot of his work was rather, uh, it was almost like graffiti type of art. It was kind of interesting. And then there are women artists who, who I think uh, that could use a lot more praise that they do, like, um, of course, Georgia O'Keeffe, and there's uh, Judy Chicago, who I used to enjoy a lot of her work. Lee Krasner, um, Frida Kahlo, Helen Frankenthaler, those types. And then I just discovered a couple of palette knife artists who I wasn't aware of. Uh, there's somebody called it's Palmigiani, P-A-L-M-I-G-I-A-N-I, the last name. And then someone called Noreen Coop, C-A-U-P. Uh, there's a gentleman, Leonid Ephraim. And then I have a lot of artist friends, you know, whose work I really respect and love a lot. So there isn't one particular one that I'm drawn to. I... You know, you mentioned the uh, Pala knife, and I noticed that the on the uh, three pieces that you submitted, you used watercolor paper uh, rather than canvas. Uh, is that difficult to use a palette knife on watercolor paper? 
it really isn't. Uh, it, it really helps to put that basic mother color down. And sometimes I might give another surface to it, you know, do it a couple of times because it strengthens the surface of the paper. So I, I haven't found it difficult to use it on paper at all. I, well, at times, too, I will put in something called a uh, retarding agent, and that kind of smooths out the paint and uh, makes the drying time uh, a little longer. So that helps a lot, if I remember to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and generally speaking, you use acrylic paint, is that correct? Or do you use yeah, I super. Uh, I haven't done oils, no. I've, I've worked with oil uh, sticks um, in my past, but I generally prefer the acrylic. And, and anything with water media, but I, I generally do turn to acrylics. Well, either way, we're getting close to the end of the show, and there's always a couple of questions I do like to ask the artist uh, before the interview is completed. And the first being, do you have a philosophy about your art? Well, I put some words down here uh, that sort of speak to me, and um, that creating is a necessity. It's as vital and important as eating, sleeping, exercising, family friendship. And for sure, it makes life's ups and downs much more bearable and helps um the spirit and soul grow and heal. That's what's true for me. Uh, I also find it exciting how color and form and texture and the movement of the line can express what words sometimes can't. It, it inspires and stirs my mind and can also I feel it can help the, um, not only help uh, stir my mind and heart and soul, but also the viewers which is very satisfying. I find that art and art making makes me feel alive. It's nothing like having a piece of creativity that you've done, that I've done. It's very inspiring. As is your art, and kudos to you in that art has been a part of your life, most of your life, and, and that's wonderful. Yes, I'm very fortunate that way. Well, Eva Lynn, uh, last question here. Do you have any advice that you would give to a person that's just starting out their art career? I would say that uh, it's important, not just for starting out beginning artists, but I think for those of us who are continuing to do art, is to have some sort of support network, trust your instincts, just to keep going and stretching, just to, even when you have doubts for yourself, uh, to, to stay true to yourself, ask for help when you need it, paint in a series, try painting in a series, embrace your fears and share them or express them through your art to help move through them. And just know that this is an ongoing process no matter where you are in it, where you're at the beginning, the middle, or wherever. Just I would encourage artists to just um, do those things. It's very important because it's kind of a lonely 
it can be a lonely type of work to somehow stay connected to the world outside as well. Some balance. It's not always easy to achieve, but it's helpful. Well, that is some good advice, and uh, I think uh, it certainly is. Uh, I know, I know of artists that their work actually consumes them, and I, I'm not so sure sometimes that that's the best for them as a person. That they they do need to just be able to disconnect from that, stand back, and be objective about their art. Yes, yes, and keep some distance and find somebody perhaps that we trust who could come and look at it with you and that's not always easy to do but uh, it does help to take a break and be in touch with the world outside somehow well Eva Lynn I want to thank you for joining us this morning on An Artist Speaks oh you're very welcome it's, it's been a pleasure <laughs> thank you for asking me well I've really enjoyed speaking with you and look forward to seeing more of your work on Contemporary Art Gallery thank you Mike I look forward to it, too. I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. And again, to view Eva Lynn Lloyd's stunning artwork, or to re-listen to this interview, and of course, purchase some of Eva Lynn's art, please click on the Artist tab and then on Eva Lynn Lloyd's name. I would like everyone to know that Contemporary Art Gallery Online has a monthly art competition. And to compete, just go to ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and click on the competition tab for additional information. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and click on the membership tab and follow the prompt. If you're a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, again, please visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and complete the volume purchaser's request form. An Artist Speaks is currently airing every other Saturday, so we will meet again in two weeks. Thank you for listening to us today, and have a great rest of your weekend.